Listener Production. Warm, enjoyable and chock full of nuts. Just like a sneaky mid-morning brownie. And I can't live without it! It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Hello, happy Tuesday to you. I'm Alex, that is Matt and this is Australia's premium on-demand breakfast show, All Day Breakfast. Matt O'Kine, Tuesday Report, hit me. What's going on We're, in we're your probably life? the most locked down... Um, <laughs> Podcast in Australia at the, at the moment as well. Both of us in different states are mm. uh, being locked down. I tried to go get a coffee the other just the other day, and all the all the cafes are closed at two o'clock. That was a bit sad. Most cafes close about that time every day anyway. <laughs> well, so. no, but they they usually <laughs> stay open until about three, and now they they're shutting at two because of lockdown. I said so I thought, ah, oh, this is too much. Yeah, you could do the home job like me. I put put my milk in the frother. Okay, then make my little instant coffee, little small bit with the instants. Then I go to pour the other one in, poured it in, didn't even froth. And I had this mild latte. I had to pour it down the sink. <laughs> a merry lockdown to all and to all a good night <laughs> is all I say. But look, we are going to try to make it a little bit better, no matter where you are in Australia, lockdown or no. Um, our pal Rant Dog is going to pop by and quickly tell it like it is. And we're going to be chatting to... Former AFL player and commentary superstar Luke Darcy ahead of the Olympics. He's going to be broadcasting on Channel 7, Matt O'Kine, with the official broadcast partner. Given we're doing a little uh, unofficial watch party for the opening ceremony, I think we can hopefully pick his brain about uh, how he's feeling ahead of the whole thing. Absolutely cannot wait for that. Uh, but first off, let's dive back into the history books. A little old tale about uh, one of my favourite <laughs> theme parks. It has something to do with what's happening around the world right now. I'll warn you now. All right, let's see how tenuous it gets as we jump into this all-day breakfast. Alex Dyson, you ever heard of Amazons? Have I ever heard of Amazons? Yeah, Amazons Amusement Park. <laughs> no. There's a water park in Jindalee in Brisbane, right? Now, this, this is just sort of down the road from Idrapilli where I grew up, so I'll tell you what. It was the place to be on a Saturday afternoon. I did hear the Amazon rainforest has given out more carbon than it's taken in. It's just crossed that threshold. That doesn't sound good. What do you mean? What with the Amazon rainforest is all give, no take? No, all take, <laughs> no give anymore. With when it comes to carbon. Yeah, I think there's a little too many trees have gone down using Uh-oh. a bit of fuel to do that. And well, look, if there's and- any comparison, Amazon water, uh, Amazon water theme park. Um, is not around any longer either. Oh, no. Um, did not last the test of time. Um, but I tell you what, it was an institution, mate, an absolute institution. I mean, I dare say a lot of people had their first kiss around the Amazon theme park, um, lazing around on the tyre ride. Goodness. There was an infamous one called the shotgun, which I tell you what, was an absolute wedgie machine. <laughs> It, the name did not lie. You got shooting out of that tube into the water and if water didn't go up one way and out your mouth, you, you were lucky. <laughs> but one of the things I remember about the uh, about Amazons is what, this is back in the day, probably early 90s. Mm. I remember going in with my sister one day, um, you know, and her all of her sort of much older friends, they would have been about 15 and she was supposed to be looking after me. Oh, man. I cannot tell you how much your sister would have been regretting that amongst a gr- oh. group of cool friends. <laughs> Having your eight-year-old brother around you <laughs> with your cool Dad, high school friends, boys and girls. Brother. There were boys and girls there. 
the kid, like the eight-year-old boy, is the last person you want. Um. Anyway, I remember some of like the the, the older guys, um, you mm. know, were trying to sneak into Amazon's and they couldn't. They, you know, they didn't want to pay for their tickets. Yeah. And I remember watching them as uh, my sister's friends got in. And then you got a pass out and they would stamp your hand as a pass out. Mm-hmm. And then they'd run off into the bushes where like some guy would be waiting and then they would Transfer. Press, press the stamp on the back of the other person's hand. Okay. And then it would make the, you know, imprint of the stamp and then the person would walk back in and show it as if they'd just left. Did it work? Anyway, the reason why I bring this all up is because... Uh, it seems to, a modern day version seems to be happening in the Netherlands, Alex Dyson. Have you heard about the QR code situation that's been unfolding in uh, Europe, in the I Netherlands? Have, I have not been hearing of this. Is there, well, is there a, a large density of water parks over there which are having... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm saying the modern version of it. So this week, you know, in England was, was officially Freedom Day. Oh, Yes. They may take our pints, (laughs) but they'll never take our freedom. Well, the reports are saying that Boris is going to make, was planning to make a big speech on the Monday, you know, being, saying we have defeated, like a Winston Churchill style, like a memorable moment. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, as daily cases were etching (laughs) well above the 50,000, they sort of thought, oh, you can't kind of say Plus, that just yet. He was a close contact and was in in isolation. Right. <laughs> I saw, saw him there on his so, Zoom screen. So in, <laughs> so in his isolation, he'll be yelling, "Freedom! <laughs> we did it!" But um, but we no, shall look, so fight them bit, in the supermarkets. <laughs> well, that's what's been happening with uh, in the Netherlands. So so a lot of countries have been you know looking, hey, what's going to happen when England does this? And they've been looking to a couple of different countries. And Netherlands is one of the examples mm. because Netherlands did a similar thing a couple of weeks ago in like um, you know July, early late June, early July, saying, um, well, that's it, life goes back to normal, heavily vaccinated population, it's all good. So everyone just got straight back into it, right? With a few, you know with a few conditions. One of the thing is a QR code that will either say, you know, QR codes that have been handed out to people to say that they have been vaccinated, that they have recently had a COVID infection or that you've had a negative COVID test recently. And it's just this little app on your phone or something like that? Well, some in in France say they have the actual pass where it says I'm vaccinated, whereas yep. this the QR system that was happening in Netherlands, my understanding is there are a couple of different QR codes that you can get. One that says you're vaccinated, one that says you've recently been infected, and the other says negative COVID test. But all 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 the codes you need, all the QR codes were what you needed to start partaking in regular things. So, say for instance, there was a outdoor festival in Utrecht, 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 the Verknipt outdoor festival attended by over 20,000 people. Um, now, what they realised, though, and was 10,000 younger brothers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, it, but the whole festival has kind of shocked officials because um, 1,000 people got infected at the event. Right. Right. So across these last couple of weeks, COVID infections have shot up 500% in Netherlands. And one of the biggest... Um, people to blame, right, are young people because they're saying 262% of the surge happened in 18 to 24-year-olds 
and it's and a lot of it is coming down to what they're believing is people oh no using counterfeit QR codes. So they they don't have the system in place to see whether someone's already used this QR code or not. Surely if you are at the <laughs> gates of this festival and someone shows you a QR code that spells McLovin, you should say this is fake. <laughs> it's absolutely get out of here. So I, someone told me that this same QR code went around about 20,000 times. That's what I heard. I haven't been able to find that figure, but certainly newspapers are reporting that this this um, counterfeiting QR code is leading to people hitting to clubs, infecting everyone, and oh. it is part of the reason why Netherlands are now having to go back onto restrictions. And, they, and, they, and, the, and the ministers are saying, we, we tried too soon. We made a big judgment error when it came to this system and we are backtracking so it'll be really interesting to see what happens in england yeah well remain to be seen i mean half australia is in lockdown at the moment we got our qr codes we had the app a little while ago which um not enough people downloaded i mean i've still got it on my phone and i'm like i would prefer i would prefer that than every time scanning every qr code going in and that would help with the, you know, walking past each other at the gates and whatever. But, well, I'm um, just surprised they even you even need a QR code or a, or an app or anything, you know. Surely the microchips that the government are inserting <laughs> into us <laughs> should be able to be tracked at the door at a club, you know what I mean? You would absolutely hope so. I mean, all they have to do to know if you're vaccinated is to say uh, Bill Gates is and if you answer... <laughs> our Lord and Saviour, then you're in. And if you answer a deep state reptilian uh, plant, (laughs) uh, you're out. Okay, well, thanks for the update, Matt O'Kine. I just think it's funny because you think that technology has gotten better, you know, (laughs) than an old stamp pressed on the back of the wrist and lo and behold, we're back at Amazon's, baby. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Now I feel a buzz. Well, Alex Dyson, it's a Tuesday, and you know what that means. It means that from the depths of the sewers emerges a furry little whiskered freak (laughs) with the sharpest wit that matches its claws, a little (laughs) rat dog. That's right. And then on Tuesday we throw the N into that rat dog, (laughs) and rat dog becomes a rant dog. We have seen... In the last week, Matt O'Kine, some sort of fake people come out here. Then they claim to tell it like it is. You know what happens to them? They get deported back to the UK. That's what happens. <laughs> These people. You've come out of the blocks hard, mate. They get deported back to the sewer from which they scuttled. Okay. Oh, you're about to take a trip to the diary room, big rant dog. <laughs> hey? I certainly, I tell you what, if they want a replacement for old mates. Why not come and come knocking at Rant Dog's door and get him on? Because he is not, he's going to give it to a few of these people. Um, anyway, uh, we are going to get into it today because there are a lot of topics in which the world needs to do better on. And uh, we appreciate hearing what you believe they are. We'd like you to send us a voice memo with something that has been getting you a little bit irate. Well, but you know what? Because the, the thing with some of these weak shock jocks, yep. all right, and I'm going to say it weak. Pathetic. pathetic shock jocks yeah. out there, all right, is they may as well 
be out here in the bloody Tokyo Olympics on the on the big gymnastic square because all they're doing is backflips, mate. Yep, exactly right. Andrew Bolt. Oh, suddenly he's saying we need to get rid of Katie Hopkins. She was on your show, mate. You know what? Australia's a free country, and we're free to send you packing, mate. So, oh, sorry, I'm just get, I'm getting a little bit angry to start with. <clears throat> but we don't we don't wow. usually like to do okay. that until we hear from you because you decide what we talk about each week. And um, Heather has gotten in touch with something that's been giving her a little bit of niggle. Hey, Randog, Heather from Orange here. I've got a bit of a problem with people that walk slow at traffic lights when you've got the green turn-in signal. Like you've got 10 metres to walk and people are getting anxious because they're going to miss their turn and then sometimes they give that little wave at the end, like save your waving energy for shuffling a bit faster so we all don't miss our turn. i got to tell you, Matt O'Kine, the left turn signals in the town of Orange... Must be pretty pretty short because some of these people feel that they've got a bit of time to dawdle coming across the road. Uh-oh. And there's two words that I want to say to you right now, which I think oh. should probably be tattooed on the cheeks, Post Malone style, of every Australian citizen. Those two words, courtesy jog, okay? How hard is it? To give our motorists a courtesy jog, all right? You're dawdling a little bit. Why not just get those legs up and start walking, even if it's for show, okay? Move the shoulders up and down. Give them a little wave and show them that you've got a little bit of go in you, all right? Yep. Even if it's a zebra crossing, even if you're allowed to cross, do the jog. You know I'm big on the economy, Matt. You know I'm big on the economy. Do you know what the economic detriment is to the economy? The amount of slow walkers out there that are? Slow what? walkers cost the Australian economy $2 trillion a year, okay? And I can where, say where that these... because I'm a shock jock and I'm allowed to say anything, all right? Where, where, where are these figures coming slow from? Walk, the Australian Bureau of Slow, ABS, Australian Bureau of Slowies, all right? <laughs> That's who's costing the economy, all right? Forget this. Bloody lockdowns, it's slow walkers have been doing it for generations and we need to speed up the pace, mates. And I've seen you out there. You're not you're not bloody immune from this, Matt O'Kine. Oh, get out. You don't no, mind don't a little turn dawdle. on your own, mate. I've, I've got spring in my step like there's a bloody firecracker up the back. Oh, no, 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 no. There must be, you must have the brakes on on that pram you're pushing, mate, because I've seen oh. you walking with it oh. and i got to tell you, I've seen old ladies cross the road faster than I you. Did. If I saw, you think I saw a granny help Matt O'Kine across the road the other day. Oh, if you think I'm doing a, a courtesy jog when I'm pushing a pram, you can all wait. No. Prams get right of way in every situation. And that's oh, you want you want to talk about this? Hey, if you see someone pushing a pram, get out of their way. No, no, the prams, Move. the trucks of the footpath. You guys have just got to speed trucks up a little bit, of thank the you. Footpath. Well, to be fair, there is someone just sleeping in them, you know. Like. Yeah, don't wake the baby. You wake up to yourself. That's what I need to say. Anyway, um, you can send us a message, matt.n.alex, uh, for uh, getting I tell you what, for someone's motor running. For someone who's got the, um, got the signal to walk across the road, you're looking very much like a red man.
All right. Uh, I wouldn't be walking anywhere. You are the red man on the lights. That's it. This is all day breakfast. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Now, Matt O'Kine, I grew up watching this man dominate the ruck for the Western Bulldogs in the AFL and more recently enjoying his work calling the games for Channel 7 and it's so cool to chat to him ahead of him uh, broadcasting alongside Johanna Griggs on Channel 7's uh, official broadcasting team. Uh, You can hear him in the mornings, but right now he's on All Day Breakfast. G'day, Luke Darcy. G'day, Matt. G'day, Alex. Uh, Great pleasure to join you on the All Day Breakfast. Well, look, Luke, we're very excited. I mean, there's only a few days until the start of the competition. I mean, how are you feeling getting the call up and being a part of this uh, commentary team? Touch nervous, I have to admit. It uh, feels like a, uh, a big responsibility, um, particularly with most of uh, – or big parts of Australia are going to be locked in their house. So um, a lot of um, opportunity, I hope, the Olympics, you know, to me, I love it. If I wasn't working on it, I'm someone who tends to sit down and watch as much of it uh, when it rolls around. And uh, like everyone else, you become experts in obscure sports that you haven't uh, haven't seen and you start thinking you're an archery expert or I've oh, been uh, watching oh, skateboarding clips, clips in recent it's... times that I suddenly feel like I've got some expertise in, but clearly I haven't. But uh, no, it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's so true, Luke. I just distinctly remember sitting in front of the maybe it was the 2004 Athens Games. Me and my dad watching the badminton, and him like shaking his head at these professional, world class badminton <laughs> players, going, "Oh, should have done the drop shot there or something <laughs> like that." I'm like, Dad, we know nothing about this. <laughs> what's your favorite? What's your favorite Olympic only sport, Luke? Well, I was just thinking as you were talking then, uh, you know, it's a bit like watching the diving. Isn't it? Suddenly we were all experts on the splash and uh, <laughs> how, how much a, a diver might have uh, overrotated yeah. uh, potentially on, uh, you know, on, a, on an entry. And that's part of the joy, to, to be honest with you. It, uh, you know, and, and some of those sports that, I, you know, tend to watch a lot of uh, a lot of badminton or a lot of archery day to day. But when it comes around, you, you appreciate. I think anyone who's mm. doing something at that level, who's worked their entire life to be the best they can be. I find that interesting, regardless mm. of how it is. We've got new sports. Uh, sport climbing is going to enter the Olympics for the first time, which is, you know, part obviously comes from the rock climbing space and there's uh, three different categories that that's in and karate's, Japanese's uh, pick as the sport that they wanted to bring back in. So look, I love it all. I, you know, Australia does really well in clearly the swimming. I love the athletics. Um you know, the high jump, I always fancy myself as a bit of a high jumper. But what was your um, what was your peak? What was the well, the highest you ended up going, Luke? Knocked off by a guy every year, and it still shits me a bit, man. <laughs> Alex, at, at school, if I um, if I have to go back there, but I, I think I jumped the meter ninety six in year eleven or something. Mm. Oh, that's back healthy, back. man. That's really that, quite that, high. That's I didn't. I never big. cracked the one six five. That's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was a triple jumper. That was my thing. So I quite like that. What what are you uh, what are you um what are you looking forward to in terms of, I mean, not just the events, but the atmosphere? It must be a bit daunting coming ahead of a Games when you really there's, I mean, there's not going to be really a crowd there, is it? What, what's the sort of chat behind the scenes for you guys as part of the team? Well, I think just remarkable that it's, you know, been able to take place. And, and I think everyone who's got there, it's a perfectly honest with you, is an extraordinary achievement in one sense and the logistics of Getting this uh, thing to air and getting the athletes over there is, you know, is quite extraordinary. And I personally, I, I'm wrapped that it's happening. I think the world needs, in my mind, to see that 
that life has to go on and we've got to continue to do these things that provide hopefully a lot of joy for people. Wilsh was like, it's a slightly uh, uh, challenged environment at the moment. There's a few uh, you know, things going on around the scenes that aren't all that positive. So to bring all the countries together, that's what I think is great for me is that, you know, everyone gets together, you, you compete. Um, you know, every four years, obviously, this has been delayed by a year and we get these great stories, don't we? Some of them are a bit heartbreaking, but, you know, people... Now, Cole Chalmers in Rio five years ago, an 18 year old, wins a gold medal from, from nowhere mm-hmm. and changes his life. So you're going to get those brilliant stories that are around the corner. I cannot wait for the sport to start and all the, um, you know, the policies of the COVID testing and all those sort of things to hopefully uh, go to the background behind a few big gold medals. But first up is the opening ceremony, Luke. Um, you've got the official broadcast going on Channel 7. Matt and I are having an unofficial hangout with some with some of our closest uh, friends and listeners uh, to watch the opening ceremony. Uh, do you like the pageantry of this this kind of event before the sport begins? I do, yeah. I think it's great, and look, it will be interesting, isn't it? I'm not 100 percent sure what's what to expect. I'm, I'm, I'm. Rap Paddy Mills is oh. going to be the flag bearer. He's just a just a champion alongside Kate Campbell as well, and both extraordinary athletes. Paddy you know, followed from a young age. He was a champion um, junior footy player. Paddy Mills, and under 15, he was the best player in Australia. Chose basketball. He was, he was inspired by Kathy Freeman, who he watched at the Sydney 2000, like lots of us. But Kathy ended up at his wedding. They became great mates after uh, after getting to know each other as athletes, and she's been a great mentor for you. So there's nice synergy there, isn't there, for Paddy Mills and Australian basketball. Uh, you know, on the lead-up, it beat Argentina, who are world-class and knocked off the Americans in the warm-up. So wouldn't it be brilliant if they did something special? Oh. Heading into uh, heading into Tokyo, and there cannot wait with <laughs> Patty Mills and Delhi, and hopefully Jingle and Joe Ingles uh, draining a few threes <laughs> over the the dream team. Oh, that would be incredible stuff. Yeah, that's right. Who needs Ben Simmons? So <laughs> can, uh, oh. Have a break. That would have been well, nice. Well, I mean, we bit. could do with him. Hopefully Nathan Sobey coming in for a bit. I played basketball <laughs> with him in the uh, under-14s or something like that. And he was pretty handy back then and he's very <laughs> oh, handy now on the Boomers team. Sliding doors moment, but Daiso. That's right. How, how would you have... Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, wouldn't have gone as well. The old height <laughs> would have go against me. But how would you go in the um, the sporting arena in the, the age of social media, Luke? You managed to slip in a career right before that happened. Happens. Um, how do you reckon it'd go? Nice name drop, by the way. Uh, prior to that, <laughs> everyone, everyone, uh, everyone's got someone that they played with along the way, but not that well. I don't think. I, when I, I, it's showing my age because uh, it's it's gone and uh, and passed without me participating in the world of social media. I'm getting some uh, some feedback from people going, mainly my kids, going, seriously, you're the only person in the world that doesn't have an account. So they're they're uh, open to me changing that, but I find it a bit. Disturbing that you know we used to get occasionally heck. We went down the street and someone might have yelled out their car. They thought you were no good, but that took a bit of courage because we might have been able to track them down if they were prepared to do that. Mm. These days, you know, players get off the field and, and you've got access to players instantly. You know, and uh, it doesn't seem overly positive space from what I read about <laughs> some of the feedback that comes back. So I'm not sure I would have enjoyed that. And and um, it's a bit of a concern, isn't it, that players and you know that world's got a life of its own. Mm. And uh, look, what about you? You're going to be commentating alongside uh, Joanna Griggs now. Obviously, ex uh, swimmer started her first Olympics coverage back in 1996 for the Atlanta Games. Okay, it's been 25 years since then. Seventh Games has 
has Joanna pulled you up at all or, you know, taught you a few things uh, in the lead up to all this? She sort of said, hey, oh, don't do that. That's, that's you know, that doesn't work. Yeah, Grigsy just said, you sit there and I'll tell you when to ask me a question. And, take you. and I'm very comfortable with, with that. She, she's a champion. She's, I've never met anyone with better energy than her. She loves it. She loves the Olympics. So as prepared as possible. She makes me nervous around her because... She, um, she reels off all these incredible facts and she's so much so she's been uh, sending me bits of information daily and, you know, when you tune in in the morning, she's going to be absolutely pumped. And as you said, she was a Commonwealth Games uh, medal winner herself and, um, you know, it, it comes from an athletic background. People forget that. She's mm. gone on and done so many other things. So no, she's great. I'm going to have a lot of fun spending uh, the morning sessions with her over the coming weeks. Well, we can't wait. If you, once you finish listening to your, your morning all-day breakfast, you can jump on and watch Luke and Joanna on Seven's coverage of the Olympics, which is kicking off on Friday with the opening ceremony. We'll be watching in and I uh, wish you all the best, Luke. Have a really great time and uh, have a good call. Nice to meet you both <laughs> and uh, I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the, uh, on the games. Look forward to catching up again. All right, Alex Dyson, are we recording? We're recording, my friends. All right, good, because off air, <laughs> you just, by, by popular demand, heard a couple of my impersonations, so I thought I'd just What do you mean by popular demand? The population of this studio was demanding you stop. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, did a, I did an impersonation and you both, you and Bron both said, ooh, that was good. We and did I said, no right, such the- thing. Okay, look, this is my these are my three Jim Carrey impersonations. Here we go. I said, stop it. Angus hey, is hey, about hey, to hey. get on the phone. Excuse me. You never interrupt an impersonation. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. Some smoking. What do you reckon? Awful. What about this one? What about this one? <clears throat> Showing. Worse Showing. than the first. Okay, what about um what about what is it? There's smoking, there's showing, and what's another one? Somebody stop me. Alrighty then. We're gonna move on uh with Angus, who is calling us from New South Wales at the moment. G'day, Angus. Hello, how are you? Uh not too bad, although lockdown's just getting that little bit worse with Matt's. Can you do um, hey, I'm not gonna get cop any bad words from Alex Dyson. Can you do any Jim Carrey impersonations, Angus? Uh, yeah, I'll give one a go. Go on. Good morning. And if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Yeah. Goodness me, this, this Jim Carrey impersonation is spreading faster than the Delta virus. Um, Angus, we've got to, got to get to the reason that you are giving us a call. And that is my sister, 30 to uh, seconds to a minute after telling her friends that her brother, myself, uh, dislocated his elbow, dislocated her elbow, um, doing a, a little cartwheel. Um, you've also had a similar sibling coincidence. Yeah, similar. Um, when I was younger, and I've got a younger brother as well, uh, we were just in the shopping centre and he randomly asked mum, hey, mum, what's a coincidence? And she said, she just gave an example and said, well, a coincidence would be if we... Um, got to the supermarket and we saw our auntie there. And we walked around the corner and just walking out of the supermarket was my auntie. What? What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like a triple-decker coincidence. 
That's like full coinky dink. <laughs> That's I incredible. Just can't, I mean, it's such a weird, it's such a weird question to even ask, and then for it yeah, to happen immediately he, after. So random. He was only probably five or so at the time as well. So it was a kind of big word for him at the time as well. Yeah, and it's that seems like the kind of story that would get brought up at most Christmases and Easter's and birthdays from that day forth. It, it does come up from time to time. <laughs> oh, amazing man. stuff. Thank you very much, Angus. That's all right. Well, we've also got Maxine who's given us a call here. Um, Maxine, I'll launch straight into it so Matt doesn't ask you to do oh, an no, impression. No, no, Maxine, can you do <laughs> any Jim Carrey impression, <laughs> impressions or any impressions? Um... I actually don't really know who Jim Carrey is. Like, I know his yes. name, but, you know. Okay, that's fine. So can you do Thank any you, impressions Maxine. at all? <laughs> um, look, I, nah. This is a podcast, really. Maxine. We can cut out the dead space oh. and we, I'm happy to wait. <laughs> <laughs> Come what, on. Are we just going to workshop an impression off air or something? No one's going to lunch until Maxine does her impression, okay? <laughs> oh, man. The class will wait. Oh, we're actually going to wait. Well, we're what about an impression of your mum or something or your dad or someone or, you know, your brother, sister, you know, a teacher you used to go to school with? Uh, look, I don't know. We had a teacher who would always teach all the time. Um, <laughs> All right, okay. Give us that impression. Do you know what? Okay, That's... starting now. This is the official impression, Maxine. Say the say the famous line. Okay. Um, hello, class. Hey, class. Um, we're just here today to. Um, Perfect. All right. We've ticked. We've, <laughs> yeah. we've ticked Matt's box uh, there, and we can move on to your story because I told I'm that story. I'm actually thinking that we don't allow any callers who like. It, you have to do an impression to come on the show. That's what I'm thinking from now on. People call us currently through the kindness of their heart. So I don't want to be putting any sort of walls up between them and having a chat to us. Uh, so, Maxine, thank you so much for that. But you also had a similar, you've got a similar story to my sister and my own elbow dislocation coincidence. Yeah. Um, so it was been a while ago. I think it was in year seven. And um, just one day my brother was at his mate's house playing Tiggy. And then he slipped over and snapped his arm. Oh. Um, yeah, he had to go get surgery just to put it back in place. Oh. And I remember like the next day or something, I was talking to a mate and I was like, oh, my brother just breaks his bones all the time. I haven't broken a bone ever. And <laughs> fully jinxed myself. Three days later, I slipped over chasing the dog, broke oh. my arm. Oh, oh my goodness, no. Maxine. And did you feel it was karma coming back to get you? Oh, 100%. Completely jinxed myself. And then three days later, my mum got her finger bitten off by a fox and had to get surgery to put it back on. <laughs> what? Bitten Wait, off sorry. by a fox? Yeah. <laughs> Are you <Yeah>. joking? <laughs> no. <laughs> In what, a real mess. I can't believe what she doing? I have been wasting our time with impressions. <laughs> exactly. When you had this story up your sleeve... Yeah, it got sewed back on, so she's okay. Is your mother a hen in a hen house? What was she doing <laughs> near a fox? Well, um, they were trying to bait it, so they do feral um, animal like control. And um, she got the unlucky job of having to put her hand in the fox's mouth. And, um, yeah, its jaws got loose and bit her finger off. Oh my <laughs> lord! And like, how 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 far down the finger did got bit? Just the tip. I think it was just after the first knuckle. 
Okay, and but the oh. the finger she got it sewn back on, so they found it. It wasn't in like the fox's tummy or something. Oh no no no! So it was like hanging on squirmy womany. Okay, uh, it was hanging on by a flap. Oh, oh wow! I didn't realize that they'd have such sharp teeth. What? That's what a little devil. Goodness yeah. me! Okay, well, thank you very much for those those tales of woe, Maxine. Let's let's hope now we don't we don't hear that story, please. Everyone listening to this, so as not to be jinxed, stay well away from foxes. I don't want to say people say I was listening to a podcast and a lady got a bit finger bitten off by a fox and then two days later they got bitten <laughs> off by a fox. That's what I do not want. So please put proper precautions in place. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very Thanks, much, Maxine. Maxine. We'll chat to you later. Yeah. And we will chat to you listening later. Um, so stay safe out there. Stay well away from foxes. And um, hopefully in the future we'll um, we'll be back with another episode, Matt O'Kine, with all our Do fingers you know what? It's intact. Lucky, it's lucky Maxine's uh, mum, the fox didn't run away with Maxine's mum's finger. Um, otherwise they might have needed to call a pet detective. Oh, God. Showing. Showing. We'll catch you next time. Maybe. This is All Day Breakfast. (laughs) Bye. That's it. The All Day Breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Somebody stop me. Listener.